When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm here, so <laughs> I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have. I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells okay. me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like. <laughs> Howdy. I'm I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love Oklahoma. (laughs) I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Very good. I like the hat. You like oh, the yeah. hat? <laughs> Vava. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesday. It is technically Wednesday. It's my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, ooh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Big win here at the, at the Paycom Center. That's where I'm at right now with Underbeat the Rockets. Yeah, give uh, the people the local time, Andrew. One twelve to ninety five. It's twelve forty five a.m. locally. Wow. It feels so strange to be here. I asked J Dub after the game his thoughts on the late start, and he uh-huh. said, "Hopefully, mahogany is still open." <laughs> <laughs> Did you give them the bad news? Yeah, I they may keep it open for them. I'm sure it's not open for all the uh the plebeians out there like you and I, mm. but I'll bet you they may they may have kept it open for those guys. I sure hope so. I sure hope Cause so. Because they deserve it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Man, great performance by the Thunder. Feels good to beat the Rockets <laughs> twice. Uh, they do play the Rockets one more time, which feels impossible. But at least it's not in Houston. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they, they those games like that game felt like just eerily familiar. Watching them lose, like in the second quarter, like down fourteen, it just felt like this familiar, just like agonizing feeling, right? Yeah, this game felt different. I. I, th- I, th- I thought Houston was like really bad. They and dunk tonight. They, they were did. terrible. Because I don't think OKC had some amazing game. No, I the, thought they were good. Good defensively, Chet yeah. was like amazing. Chet was on defense tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah Chet a, was a so great good. defensive yeah, yeah. game. But like offensively, I was looking up some of the numbers. Um, it was it was not one of their like totally worst offensive games, but it was down there in like bottom ten. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were they were not having a great offensive night and especially that third quarter, which I went back and watched uh, after the game, it was just nasty. And the only reason <laughs> they survived, like they got away with it was just because Houston was so bad. I, I was going through it. So like, first of all, you, you have that lob to Chet. This is like in the middle of them not playing that well in the third yeah. quarter, that reverse dunk yeah. and the N one. Great. Mm-hmm. Then you get, Dub, I thought this was going to be a turning point in the game. Mm-hmm. Dub steals it from Dylan Brooks. It probably goes off of Dylan Brooks. They only showed the replay once. Dub wants Mark to challenge it so bad. He did. So he was bad. twirling his finger big time. And on the on the on the TV broadcast, you could see they've panned to Mark, and you could see him mouth something like, "I, I can't tell. I can't. I can't see it." Something like that. The very next play, Shingun has that huge dunk and one. The lead is down to four, 
And I'm like, oh my gosh. Because they had not been playing well in that third quarter. Yeah. And part of the reason was Giddy and Dort, who were just in for that segment of the game, Giddy was terrible. He he was he was good at the beginning. He was good for the for the rest of the game, but for the rest of the game. But during that in that one part. During that stretch, they were like trading like comically bad plays on offense hilariously bad plays and then yeah. they hit those back-to-back threes yeah <laughs> it was just it was such a funny part of that game yeah it because was. it looked like they were giving it away partly because of how Gideon Dort were playing at the time then they both hit threes they actually then cut it to four again mm-hmm. after Giddy has that basket interference and then Dort missed like a wide open layup and then they eventually cut it to three and then D- Dort gets subbed out and then they go on this run, and and the lineup was SGA, Kaysen, Isaiah Joe, Jay Will, and Kenrich, and I just thought that that they settled it down so much. And part mm-hmm. of it was having like an SGA led lineup going up against the second unit for the Rockets. Like they just didn't they, they didn't have any answers for him. Well, and, and Dylan meanwhile- Brooks, because Shea wanted to just kill Dylan Brooks. He did every, kill him every single time, and I asked one because there was no Thunder broadcast, and so I got to just like watch this team like I haven't watched them all year, which is just like right up close, and got to I got to just like see up close the look of Shea as he is dribbling down the court looking at Dylan Brooks, and Dylan is like like almost snarling at him, and Shea <laughs> just torched him over and over again twice going to the left like with his left just absolutely just gets past him as and then he hits like a step back three like right in his face shay's shay's confidence from the three-point line has been on a different level like i don't i don't know that i've seen that maybe a couple years a few years ago when he shot 40 percent, he was doing stuff like this but he turned around after he shot it, before the ball went in, and had just like this look on his face as he's looking at the Thunder bench, like that's it's it's in. I haven't seen it go in, but it's in. And his his confidence level as a shooter is just through the roof. And the, and it was during that whole sh- sequence there in the third that Shea just absolutely dominated and opened up that game. And then it was really no turning back from there. Yeah. So his last twenty nine games now. He is shooting 45.8% from three <laughs> on about three and a half attempts per game. That's wild. That's wild. That's, that's, yeah, insane. I should go. Cause that, how long ago was that? Was the 20, that was two, three seasons ago, the 2020, 21 season when he shot, yeah, uh, 40%. Yeah. Cause I'm, because we remember thinking like, oh, well, this is kind of who he is now. And then he kind of reverted back. Yeah, you know what's interesting? I mean, I just mentioned that he, that's been over a 29-game stretch. He only played 35 games that season when yeah. he shot. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah he, yeah, he didn't play a whole lot that season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for this to be happening at this point of the season, um, it, he's he's just been – he's been awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a super – it was a fun game because – once they stabilize things to end that quarter, they got it back to 10. Then you kind of felt like, okay, that was Houston's shot. They blew it. They, oh my gosh, dude, Amen Thompson, who I really like, but sure. the, them playing him as Andre Robertson, yeah. sticking him in the corner, the corner, when he, took, when he took is the three. projected to be a point guard and instead letting guys like Jalen Green try to do anything he was so bad Jalen Green was so terrible yeah in this game I could yeah, not believe it and I don't know how I was looking at the the box score he ends up with three turnovers but that the two that they counted were late because at one point in the game I checked and he only had one turnover but it felt like every single drive he was getting it stripped they were mm-hmm. stripping every single drive mm-hmm. and his like his his choice in shots was terrible shot selection was terrible i just i can't believe they are giving him this much leeway this far into his career it's great it's great for us 
Just I, mean, going, I mean, it is great for us. I'm just looking at Tankathon right now. Just going to take a little spin. Currently, the Thunder would have the ninth pick in the draft. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Let's see. Nine. Uh, oh, man, jumped up to four. That's scary. Ugh. That's See, that's that's the thing about it is that you don't want to play with too much fire here. Because or do could, you? It could jump up. But but honestly, like if they, it, it's not going to happen. But if they got to be the fifth worst team, wouldn't you just take the take the t- <laughs> oh. heads or tails? Wouldn't you just take it? Oh yeah, like why not? Give, yes, give me heads or tails. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun. And then yeah, it would. And then I would take Kyle Filipowski fifth. <laughs> when you could probably get him ninth. Yeah, you uh, can get him at ninth. Yeah, it, it yeah, was just a sure. strange game because like the, the starters lost both of their shifts. They, they they lost the first quarter and the third quarter. And it was only like minus two each yeah. time, but still like they're starters. Say, it was really close. It was really close, but it wasn't like they were dominating them in any way. Like they yeah. they were both teams were terrible at the rim. I couldn't believe how bad they were at the rim. Houston shot fifty three percent at the rim. OKC shot fifty four percent at the rim. Yeah, like just yeah, that, nothing that's, going. That's about how it. That's about how it felt because there were there were a lot of shots that kind of like rolled around on the rim. Oh my god! Well, wouldn't go that, in. So that eleven to four run to end the third quarter, it should have been more because you had that great pass from Chet yes. to J Dub, and J Dub makes that layup like nine times out of ten, apparently. Yeah, and he misses it this one time. So yeah, they should have been up by even more. And then you know Dort had some just. I will say. Dort had a terrible game. It was it was really bad, but it was pretty funny. Like it was a funny <laughs> bad game. I there were multiple times when I was laughing because he was out of control. Like from the jump, from the jump, he was just a maniac. And some of his misses and just like the the way there was one play, I haven't really felt like this since watching Russ because you remember Russ. Like he was, he was so oh. terrifying in transition when yeah. he would just be sprinting. Yeah, and there was a play tonight where Dort was just sprinting with the ball, and I was like, "Oh my god, anything could happen yeah. right now." Yeah, and that felt like what he was like the entire game, like just bumping into guys, just a comically bad attempts at the rim. Um, but it was very fun, and we ended up winning, so I, I, it doesn't bother me as much. But <laughs> I. I <laughs> This is one of those games where it's like, I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just having a good time. We're beating yeah. the Rockets. Yeah, beating the Rockets. Uh, let's you just... know, it's almost more about just, hey, let's just talk about how bad the Rockets are. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about how, I mean, the big three were great tonight. Yeah. Shea, Gubb, and Chet. Yeah, they, they were, were all awesome. Yeah. Um, I thought Chet, especially compared to the previous Houston game, at the beginning of that game, he was mm-hmm. way more physical with Shingun. Like from the jump, he, he was yep. much better at battling him um, on defense. Shingun had a good game. He was much better tonight than he was the previous night. Uh, but I thought I thought Chet did a good job. Like he, he was, he felt much more decisive and engaged on both ends of the floor. Oh yeah, right from the tip. Yeah, the the physicality that Chet played with, I felt like almost baited Shingun into playing in the post more. Yeah, yeah. And he did. It felt like Shingun was trying to prove a point at the end of the game, and it all it really did was take Houston completely out of it. You know, yeah, because he was just not scoring in the post. It was it was just completely mucking up their offense. It wasn't, and it's. I mean, it's it's part of why too. They only scored ninety five points in this game, which is just yeah, like wild. strange to see. You know, bad teams that don't have good offenses can often get over a hundred, you know, get to one ten. you know, it's not that hard to do. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I, I thought the Thunder did a great job. Chet, I mean, and Chet's like the centerpiece of the defense. I thought a lot of those guys played well, but Chet's the center of the defense. He was, he was very impressive tonight through, through a lob to Gordon Hayward, which, <laughs> which he said after the game that he wanted to improve his lob throwing after being so terrible at it at the rising stars challenge. Oh, okay. So that was part, that's part of the story for him is that he was not, he was not satisfied 
with with the way that he threw lobs in the Rising Stars Challenge. It's like that's not the answer I was expecting to hear. Well, I appreciate him doing it because otherwise I would just have nothing to say about Gordon Hayward. Um, at least he did he did take his first three tonight. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, he got the lob. No, he did not. It was not a three. It wasn't. He was on the line. line. <laughs> I was watching. It was right in front of me. I saw it happen. Wow. He was hit foot on the line. Well, he still has not taken a three. Th- I would say th- spiritually, though, that was a three. He he thought it was a three. I would assume when he took it. Uh, definitely faked out the entire fan base with that one. Um. Yeah. I mean, he. I'll be honest. I've been a little disappointed so far. I mean, I'm I'm hoping he's just like working back into shape from for most part from like most of the games uh that he's played so far it just feels like he's just moving the ball he's just yeah if i wouldn't i wouldn't even call them passes i wouldn't say that they're they've got a lot of intention behind him he's just he's moving the ball mm-hmm. it's about all yeah. i can say so far. yeah I, it does it it feels a little bit like he's trying to figure out where do i fit where is my place on this team because the team is i mean they're really good this yeah. is a really good basketball team. And I think it's good for him to kind of figure out where that is. Now, when you're thinking about Gordon Hayward before he played these games, you would think, oh, like your place is shooting threes for this team. And he just hasn't yeah. done it at all. Like, Well, and that's why that, sh- that shot any. was so funny because it didn't come within the flow of the offense. It was like just a random. It was in transition. Transition three. <laughs> like, yeah. Where'd that come from? Like, I-, I was happy to see it, but it just came out of nowhere because I-, I remember when we were talking to Richie and he was like, you know, if there was one downside to Gordon Hayward and Charlotte, it was that sometimes he was just like way too willing to fade into the background um, yeah. and he wouldn't be as assertive. I didn't think it would be this much fading into the background but uh, you know i feel like he is adding a few things each game you know taking a few shots so we'll see how it develops but i i am uh i'm dialing back my expectations a little bit yeah so far yeah and part of it's just kind of crazy that they just may not even need him to be some great player you know yeah because they've continue to just kind of thrive even though he's not like a huge contributor although they have all but once out rebounded their opponents with gordon hayward on the team so really obviously obviously he's fixed that wow okay that's good out rebounded houston tonight you know so that's great yeah Um, so go ahead got got anything else you want to share uh from the game hmm I I will say uh, the way Giddy was playing in that first quarter was a little shocking. Yeah, and I, and the difference was that he was attacking on almost like every time he got the yeah. ball, he was attacking, which I did appreciate. He was getting to his floater. Yep, he hit that mid range shot. He was playing so well that he actually took a heat check. Mm-hmm. He hadn't taken a three yet, and he randomly took that pull up three heat yeah. check didn't go in uh he did he did then have the floater off the top of the backboard uh which he did it, it it was like <laughs> he had started really well and it was like <laughs> yes this aggression is great and then it was almost just like okay too much too much too much you know <laughs> yeah. it's kind of how it felt because he was he was doing the things that you'd want him to do like he was attacking really early when he got the mm-hmm. ball so that it didn't give houston a chance to kind of settle into their defense i thought that was great I thought he did, I thought he did about as good a job as you can do with within the offense that they had, and then he was also the the roller on a screen and roll too, where he scored. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like they're trying to do different things with him, which you need to, especially against like this Houston team, who's who's like the first team that was just like, hey, we're gonna guard you with our center. And I just found it really interesting. I don't know if you listened to Ime after the first game, but like. It's like a multi-pronged reason as to why they put Shengun on Giddy. And some of it is that like Giddy's not a great outside shooter. We all know that. But it's also that they just did not want Shengun guarding Chet. And like did oh, not feel yeah. comfortable with that. And so yeah. which to me, like either Giddy becomes just better in this role or eventually they replace him. And I don't know. I mean, 
your your guess is as good as mine as to what actually happens there in the end. Yeah. But whenever teams are afraid to guard Chet with their center, it creates like some really interesting cross matches that the Thunder can really take advantage of. And Giddy did mm-hmm. a good job in the first quarter taking advantage of that. You know, in the future, we don't know what it could look like, but some of it is just the fact that teams are scared to guard, especially when you have a, a slower footed big. They're scared to put that guy on Chet because they know that he can drive around them and that he's going to pick and pop for threes and that you don't want that guy out in space, uh, especially if you can you know, get another guard over there at a moment's notice. I mean, it's that to me was interesting hearing you talk about it because it wasn't necessarily that you know oh we're going to scheme josh giddy out of this no it's like we we actually are a little bit afraid of having you know the way he said it was that he was a didn't want alpi guarding chet you know yeah. so i thought well, that was it, interesting. It, was, it was interesting to see it on the flip side because later in that game they were guarding Amen Thompson the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah, they were on those corner threes. And I was actually surprised he was taking them because like, I I think if he's going to be successful, it'll be kind of like a Zion thing where if, if you lay off of him, that just gives him a runway because he's so athletic, he'll, he'll be able to drive. But he, he was, Mm -hmm. I mean, he was taking the shots. He was settling for them. They were way off. I mean, he had, he had an air ball. I just, I don't get, what they're doing a bad exactly. air ball and not like not just some normal not a, air ball not a good air ball dude this dort had a good air ball in that game uh <laughs> Amin, yeah he did Amin had a just like oh like a like one of those hopeless air balls you know where you're just like well like kind of like uh we were watching that Andre Robertson. Yeah, show. that it made me think of that like L-Man <laughs> sent us L-Man sent us this the this clip like this, uh, this compilation of Andre Robertson just missing so many wide open threes. I couldn't like, believe how bad they were. I was like, I, can, I don't remember being super angry at Robertson. I, I must have just gotten used to it and just accepted, hey, like, this is just what it is. If you want to like Josh Giddy more as a shooter, just go watch these clips of Andre because it's a, it's amazing. Giddy I doesn't mean, miss like this bad as like some of these Andre shots. Yeah, they they were special. <laughs> it's but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I just don't really get what they're doing because, yeah, Amin Thompson, if he's going to succeed, it's going to be because he's a point guard. That's yeah. the only way it's going to happen. Yes, he has to be like what Ben Simmons was before Ben Simmons hurt his back. You and know? they're and I get it. They have Fred Van Bleet, veteran. You want to start him as a point guard? Fine, but like. How do you have any other minutes with Amen Thompson on the court where he's playing off ball? Mm. What's the point? Yeah, it's it's going to see if he can get to twenty percent from three. <laughs> well, I mean, he's I think he's six of forty-seven from three on the season. Six forty-seven. Let me let me type that in. That is twelve point seven percent. It's really bad. And I was I I got to one of my one of the things I miss the most of sitting close is like you get to hear Mark talking all night um the he said the word foul so much and he print he like really enunciates the word foul 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 you know um anytime that shay is like getting touched foul foul uh and the other thing was when the ball hit amon thompson's hands in the corner he just looked and he goes good and like just knowing yeah (laughs) you know like that was the by design like let's let's get the ball there you know so I mean, it was. I mean, it probably feels good after having to like scheme for Giddy. Oh yeah, the past couple of months to turn it back on Houston. That's got to feel a little good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's got to feel really good. It's got to feel really good. Uh, after the game, the I don't I don't actually even know where this is being broadcasted to or where this post game interview is going, uh-huh. be- because it was TNT. There was no Thunder broadcast tonight, but the guys still went and gathered around Nick Gallo after the game. <laughs> Maybe that's just like a personal one for Nick. Maybe Gallo. it's just he for just, fun. He's just keeping like, the tape for himself. And I got a video of just like them gathering and they pulled Bismack Biombo into it and they were very, very excited to get Bismack in in with the guys. And then you just see J Dub see it and he skips over and he is just jumping with excitement that Bismack Biombo 
is in this huddle. It's just it's just really funny. And I asked him about it after and he said it's really he said it's nothing that they talk about or like script. He said it's just all in the moment where they're just just excited to just get to jump around Nick Gallo. <laughs> When when do you think, okay, I I would guess this, the soonest we would potentially see Bismack minutes. Yeah. Would be the Lakers game, perhaps. Maybe they, they've been using J will a lot though. They use him a lot tonight. They use, well, I'm saying, are are we, are we ever going to see Bismack? Mm. And Mm. we did see him in the last game, right? Oh yeah. He did play, didn't he? Just for like a very short amount of time we've seen him. Yeah, but I like. Do we see him? I at some point they're going to use him in like a, a a game that is meaningful. I would guess, but I don't know. I really just think he's. You're in a series with the Kings, and Domas is just dominating you, and you just need a big to just push him for five minutes, and you just throw yeah. his mech in there, or maybe you throw Mike Muscala. All right. Instead, yeah, if you haven't heard, actually, let's let's wind the clock back. Yeah, Troy Weaver traded two seconds in Marvin Bagley's contract. Who, by the way, is playing well enough that I have flagged him in fantasy uh, basketball. <laughs> He's at least putting up stats. I know. I'm deciding whether I want to pick him up or not. I do need some bounds uh, for Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> Yeah, no he had 29, two assists, a steal, and two blocks tonight. See, that's what I'm saying. Bagley he's been pretty did. good. Wow. He's better than James Wiseman. I'll say that. Who's God. now getting minutes. Just got like minutes tonight. one of the worst players in the league. But right he, now. he traded two seconds to get yeah. off of Bagley now. Yeah. And, and my thinking was okay, well, you're doing that because you believe that these two spacing bigs coming in are going to make a difference, which I thought Muscala did early on. Yeah. And now both of those guys are gone. So gone. they just gave up two seconds. They, they could have traded Bagley's contract this summer. Like, what's the difference? They could yeah. have given up two seconds this summer. I, I just didn't understand that at all, to be that willing. They're already a team that's asset poor. And just give away two seconds like that, when apparently you had no plan to keep either of those two guys. But anyways, Mike Muscala is free. He's available. He's, he's free. And somebody has a roster spot. Interesting. And why do they have that roster spot, Andrew? Other news. Because they freed Poku. Who is now on the Oklahoma City Hornets. He's, which, <laughs> I mean, it is. it was once a franchise, the Oklahoma City Hornets. That's true. They're bringing it back. They're I think get the I red jerseys. A, I think I have a, a OKC Hornets shirt somewhere. In my closet. Is it a jersey or just a shirt? I think it's just a shirt. I need to see if mm-hmm. I can find it. Um, because it's it's just amazing. But uh yeah, I would love for them to bring Moose back. Not that he would play a whole lot, but he's just everybody loves him here. And it'd be great to have him back. That's all I have to say. And they better bring him back because now you have the opportunity to. And we'll, you th- of course, he'd want to come back, you'd think, right? I'd have to imagine. I mean, the only reason he wouldn't uh, is if another team signed him. No, if another team <laughs> offered him like a guarantee of minutes. But, but realistically, who do who's like, doing that? I was going to say, who would that be? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, there were people tweeting about it. You can go, uh, Stephen Dolan was like quote retweeting every quote retweet about all these different people saying, oh, he'd be pretty nice for the Suns. Oh, he'd be pretty nice for the Lakers. Lakers. So it seems like there's a lot of people who are interested in the idea of Moose. Yeah. I don't know if they're actual uh, contenders for Moose. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll just say this. I, I hope he ends up in OKC. Would love to, would love to you, see him back. Do you back. hear that outside my window? Mm-mm. Someone has, uh, is holding on their horn from clear down from one end of the street to the other, driving the entire time with her horn pressed down. <laughs> I ever tell you my dad got arrested one time for honking his horn too much? Really? Yeah, when he was in his 20s. Wow. He had to go to court. He got arrested? Uh, well, well, I guess he got a ticket, but he, he went to court to get out of it, and his friend was his lawyer. 
who was not a lawyer, but they let him represent him. And he, he, he beat it. Oh, he won. Okay. He beat the charge, yeah. Um, that game, Andrew, that we just watched, fourth worst offensive game for the Rockets this season. A team that's not good at offense already. That was their fourth worst. <laughs> wow. Performance. That's impressive. That's pretty impressive. That's really impressive, I would say. That's pretty good. Wow. Shout out to Jalen Green. Shout out to Jalen. Dude, I don't know what they're what are they gonna do with him? I don't know. I, okay, so I, I texted you this uh, earlier. Yeah. I, I, so I have a lot of Houston accounts muted. Muted. Yeah. Uh, so as a result, I miss a lot of things now. And I did not... I, I can't believe I missed this. But uh, if people know who Roosh is on Twitter, mm-hmm. there was like this drama on Rocket's Twitter two weeks ago, and I wish I, I had been there live for it. Yeah. But apparently... He, the way he tells it, he tweeted something pretty innocuous, just saying like, "Oh, I think I'm ready for Jalen to be coming off the bench." Mm-hmm. That like that was kind of the extent of it. It was during a game. He said that five minutes after the game, Jalen Green DM'd him, super pissed, and it turned into a phone call, and then more DMs, and Jalen was never happy. And I just. It, it kind of, I mean, just the interaction itself is super interesting. I just can't imagine that ever happening. And also, if I ever got a DM from a player, first of all, it would show up in the way where like you have to accept it first. Yeah, I would, I would leave that unread. <laughs> all, I, there's no way I'm clicking on that. I don't want to interact at all. There's no way that's working out for me. Wow. But uh, so I thought the interaction itself was just interesting that that happened. Yeah, because because it's not like Roosh is like a you know it's not like he works for you know the Houston Chronicle or something like that you know yeah, like he's just he, like a he's fan a, he's a, right yeah he's like a popular Houston Rockets fan account yeah and for Jalen to like reach out to him apparently was like <laughs> very <laughs> mad at him wow uh, I just thought that was so strange and so anyways th- so thinking about like them moving forward. I, I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, just move him to the bench. Like, just try someone else. Try Cam Whitmore. Try try anything else. He's been terrible. But uh, I do think uh, now that I've heard that story, that would actually probably have a, a big effect on yeah. uh, on the locker room, potentially. Yeah, there's... Which I think would be fine. There are, there are other stories, as I've come to find out, about really him doing similar things to other media members, and some of it in person. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there, so it's, he, it's a weird situation. So he's a, plugged in. He's reading. He's plugged in. He's reading. Okay. He's listening. He knows what's going on. So be careful you should, you should, what you say you about. You should Jane try. Green. You should. You should try start tweeting about him. See if we can get him on the show. See if we can get Jalen Green on the show. Yeah. That twenty-one draft class, which looks like a legendary draft class. I know it's turning out to be like, it's not, it's not that it's bad because there's good players in it, but like the, the top level of it has really disappointed, you know, like Cade Cunningham, Jalen green, Evan Mobley is a very good player, but he's not like a super duper star. Like people thought he could be. He's I guess not like, like the way people think about Chet and Wemby right now. Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. rookies, like he, he, he's been very good. He's going to be very good. He's a very good player, but he's not like a top 15 to 20 player in the league. Correct. Like none of these guys are. Scotty Barnes well, even is just probably the, way the, we the talk best about, one. Yeah, Scotty Barnes. Uh, Franz, who's dealt with a lot of injuries, but he's still been Franz good. is good. You know, yeah, Kaminga's been better recently, but S- Suggs is going to be like, He's, he's going a, to play in the NBA. He's a long an NBA time. player, he's, he's, yeah, yeah. But that, good, but. but I remember thinking about that top five. Remember, like the we the way we talked about that top five. You know, leading up to the draft, even after the draft, and even throughout their rookie seasons, it was like, man. And then it's like, oh, well, Josh Giddy now it's the top six. You know, it was. Um, well, no, it was, and it wasn't Barnes. It was Kuminga as the fifth guy. It was Kuminga, yeah. Suggs, Mobley, Green, and Cunningham. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's it's just it's turned into just kind of a strange class, you know, because no one yeah. has really emerged, you know, as like, oh, like that's the guy because like Scotty's good, but he's also getting tons of usage and like not winning games. It's 
I'm just curious to see what what this looks like in a couple of years. You know, a Shangun may be the best guy from that class. You know, like he's he's been really good, but still not like some superstar. Yeah, yeah, that class is really deep because even guys like Trey Murphy the third, Jalen Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's a lot of guys. JRE, Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas, Herb Jones. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice class. It's just everybody thought it would be like a really high level, you know, because like even back to like the 2020 class, like Anthony Edwards is obviously like a star, you know, like a bona fide star. You know, you go to 22, you have Paolo and Chet, like just bona fide like stars. And then J-Dub, you know, he's a star. Bona (laughs) fide. Makes me think of uh, NBA Street Volume 2. Remember? Uh why? There's just I don't know. That word was was all over that game. Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. You saying that made me think of uh hang time for some reason. The the show hang time? Yeah, the show hang time. I don't remember them using the word bona fide in that very much, but definitely in BS volume two. I'll go check. <laughs> I'm gonna watch some hang time to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> City guys. Uh, City guys. C-I-T-Y. Uh it is one nineteen AM. Um, the, the Thunder are, uh, 41 and 17 tied for their longest winning streak. Andrew, they're playing so well. Six Will, game. And six game. did you see that? Uh, hmm? sorry. Six game yeah. winning streak. Did you see that? Oh, you didn't because it was on TV mm-hmm. all by double digits. Wow. That's impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. 8.3 point differential there. This is, this is a very, very good team. Very, very good team. And they have the Spurs Thursday. And then they have uh, the Lakers Suns back to back, which I think that is going to be like real. That's going to be really interesting to watch them play those teams. And, you know, hopefully they take care of business against the Spurs. The Spurs have not been playing good basketball lately. Uh, Wimby's been good, but, you know, that they have not been winning basketball games. So the Thunder should take care of business Thursday. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see what they look like in those two games against like some some good opponents who like the Lakers need every win they can get at this point. You know, they they're at 10th in the West. They're behind somehow they find themselves behind the Warriors, which would have felt like impossible a month ago. You know, and now yeah, it, at the same time, don't you feel like they're just going to end up in this 9-10 range cuz at least they don't have anyone like biting at their heels. Like the Jazz are four games behind already. Oh, they're they're not in danger of falling out. I just think that if you're you don't want to be in the nine ten, ultimately, you know. But yeah, they're that, so they're two, they're two and a half back of Dallas. Oh, that's one other thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, last week was Dallas week. Mm-hmm. Everyone was excited about Dallas. Yep. They've now lost two in a row, and as a result, they're now eight games back of OKC. As we start thinking, uh, you know, we're, we're entering MVP uh, toxic season. A lot of, a lot of toxicity <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> we're, we're, and, uh, we're entering the Matt Moore pisses off everyone that exists phase of NBA Twitter right now. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he started doing that thing where he adds a, a hashtag to all his MVP tweets because he knows that it's like it brings so much anger to people. But yeah. what am I going to do? Like mute it i'm not gonna take the extra step so i'm still seeing it all oh yeah but yeah oh yeah uh mavs fans have been reaching out to him especially last week yeah so you know it doesn't really matter but i have been just watching that because the the bigger that gap gets it's just like what are we even talking about like yeah eight game eight, eight games game eight gap. games back in the lost column like it's come on uh, l- l- yeah they're they're not gonna catch the thunder they're not gonna catch the nuggets Oh, I just, yeah, I yeah, I just mean like as a serious MVP contender. If he's eight games back of OKC, and then Jokic is there as well, yeah, we're talking about him getting third or something. Yeah, he's a very very good player, and you know, in some ways, has been one of the best players in the league. But I, I think it's going to be it's Shea Jokic at this point. Under two games up on the Nuggets, the Nuggets still. I mean the. The matchups for me, like down the stretch, is are these Timberwolves Nuggets games. They're going to be so so important for both teams. 
yeah you know i'm i'm so curious to see what that looks like because that i think they, they play three times isn't that right um yes yeah they play let's see yeah i mean those that to that to me is going to be really important to see where where this all goes for them yeah they play let's see yeah and one of them is one of the last games of the season for them mm. on the 10th of of april so yeah i mean that's that is certainly something to tune in for because the the standings are really going to matter i think with this mvp race is is where are these guys what's the storyline do the thunder finish really strong i think there's a chance that thunder finish really strong their their strength of schedule is pretty weak and i know that the the nuggets is as well but i think already having played everybody in the top four is just going to should play in the thunder's favor if they can take advantage of it because now the thunder strength is scheduled 21st and denver's is 15th okay so pretty interesting the thunder still played the spurs two more times i feel like they played i mean i guess they've only played them twice this season but it feels like they played them a lot more than that and then cannot wait to see the thunder play the uh the charlotte hornets the uh oh man the charlotte thunder i i I still cannot believe they picked up poku i am just i richie like immediately texts me he's like should i be excited too should i be excited about poku and my i told i told him yes what'd you say i said no what also but also yes i mean I I think <laughs> if if Poku is shooting it, then he's good enough everywhere else to play him. If he's if he's not shooting it well, you you it's, it becomes tougher. But I still think there's something there, Andrew. He's better than Kai I mean, Jones. I told him it's we're only a year removed from Thunder fans seriously talking about the Poku Chet front court. Being excited to see it, not not guaranteeing that it was going to be the starting lineup, yeah, but but seriously thinking about it, yeah. We're only a year removed from that. We're and, we're a year removed from me talking about how sturdy he was, and there and and what happened was he got injured, mm-hmm. and then he got injured again, and then you know he got spot minutes, wasn't good, and now he's gone. But I don't know if if I understand why a team, especially a team like Charlotte, would say why not. Let's it's see great. if there's anything left here. It's great. If you're Poku, maybe it goes well and you get another NBA contract. And if not, you should go home. Just go home. I mean, he can travel the world. I kind of thought he would just go home. Why? But I don't know. I just thought he might want to. Well, maybe we'll get, when they play us, maybe we'll get some Mitzic, Trey Mann, and Poku, we'll get them. in. oh, and Bertons, and they Bertons. Could, if they could put all of them in a lineup, yeah, against us, that would be really fun. Well, I was talking about this with Stephen Geehy, and we decided that the other player that was obvious to put in that lineup is JT Thor, just for Thunder purposes. Mm. Or what if? No, this would be really be crushing. What if they're the ones that get Mike Muscala? <laughs> they say we'll just, guarantee you, just, just for the I starting mean, starting center. It, I, I guarantee you, they've made the call. Because he's played for the Thunder. I guarantee you they have made the call. Which oh, they, that would be a killer. Oh, that would be. I, I need Mike back here. We just need Mike back. I mean, come on. You, well, it was interesting because, um, you know, they wave Poku. Yeah. And I, I do feel like a lot of times when they do that, you've they make their next move pretty quickly. Like, mm-hmm. they know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think most people were expecting, oh, they're going to, you know, upgrade one of these two-way spots like like they tend to do. Yeah. Whoever it is. And that hasn't happened. It and hasn't happened. then we get this news. It's hard not to wonder. Hey, uh, I'm, I've definitely been wondering and haven't stopped wondering since I saw it. I bet this is going to be like, a, like the PG trade. We're going to get it at like 2 a.m. The tweet's going to come through. We'll do an emergency pod. L man's gonna L man's gonna call me. Like, you wake up, wake up. 
Do you not see? <laughs> that's how that's how I got I was that's how I was informed about the Paul George trade was L Man calling me to wake me up. I was like, why is L Man calling me at two AM? He was probably here? awake. He probably had not gone to bed yet. Yeah, I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that that's true. Um, anything else from tonight that stands out? This is a good, um, ba- this is a good basketball team. Yeah, it is. Uh, I thought Kaysen had a nice night defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Will, I thought he left. He left the game late with what looked like a wrist injury, but they didn't actually take him back in the locker room. I think they just kind of took him back and kind of looked him over. I think he's fine. So was people, it? Because there was that play. It where uh, he stole the ball, fast break, two Rockets players kind of collided with him at the rim, and he landed a little weird. And mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what was bothering him, but I, I didn't know if there was anything from that. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, he's fine, but it wasn't discussed post-game, so I don't know. Uh, Jay Will's minutes I thought were good. Yeah. He, he had a couple of nice defensive plays against Amin Thompson, mm-hmm. like around the rim. Um, they were impressive. He made his one three, boom, boom. You you. How do you feel about Shea having a cyber truck? Uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be my choice if I had a ton of money. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, here's here's the thing. I'll say in the cyber truck's favor. Mm-hmm. I do wish car manufacturers would make more goofy looking cars. Yeah, you know. Like back in the day when the PT Cruiser came back, came out, you know. Oh yeah, what was what was that car called? The Plymouth, uh, was it the Plymouth like Roadster Pro- or something? Prowler, the Prowler. Yeah, yeah, the Plymouth Plymouth Prowler. The Prowler was was definitely goofy. Yeah, I so I do support it in that sense that yeah. I would like more goofy looking cars on the roads mm-hmm. for me to look at. Uh, personally though, it wouldn't be my choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's weird. It's whatever. <laughs> sure, when I saw it. I just said sure. <laughs> oh man! Now, if he showed up to a game in a purple Plymouth Prowler, that would be that would be <laughs> awesome. I'd be very much in favor so of sick. that. I would be very much in favor of that. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be. Did amazing. you ever see uh, Will I Am's custom car? Mm-hmm. No. Um, let me show you. It's is so lame because it kind of it kind of has a little bit of a Prowler vibe to it. Um, but people like to make fun of this car as being oh, one of the yeah. cars. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it uh, does kind of look, look like a fat Prowler. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, show the people so that they can see it. Yeah. Yeah, this one over here with <laughs> that grill. Mm, look at it, that. It looks, yeah, it looks like a toy. It does look like a toy. Yeah, that's very strange. It, it looks like he uses it, too. Yeah, good for him. Good for yeah. him. He's trying to live his life. That's good. Uh, where do you, Where do you think the Rockets go from here? Like, what do you do if you're Houston? I think they double down, and I think they make uh, they try to make another big move this summer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was what they were trying to do last summer. Mm-hmm. It didn't really work out. Um, they brought but, in, but we thought it did for a little bit. We did think it worked. I mean, they were 18 and 16. I was, I wasn't terrified of them being the surprise team. It was more just like, oh, they're the obvious surprise team, man. I, I let my bias. Uh, prevent me from choosing them. As a result, in reality, there are no surprise teams. No one's going to do it this year. Yeah. It's going to be the first year in a while that no one's done it. But yeah, I think that they like try to push what chips they have left because I don't think you really go backwards from what's this. The, what's the beginning criteria for a surprise team again? You, your your preseason over-under has to be under 36 wins. Oh, okay. That's why I like the Thunder... Don't you know, qualify. there are teams, yeah, that were expected to be good and then were great. Mm-hmm. That's probably a different thing. I should, I should probably look up that, see if that's yeah. a thing. I was going to say that that might be the the thing that's happening this year more than more than that. I yeah, mean, the Thunder would definitely qualify. Minnesota would probably qualify as well. Minnesota definitely. 
gets you there. Um, yeah. I can't remember how good the Clippers were last year. Cavs. <sighs> Cavs. Cavs. Knicks. Knicks. Uh, yeah, they've kind of fallen back a little bit, though. They have. Uh, but yeah, I, because I, like, uh, so Jackson Gatlin, he does like the Locked On Rockets podcast. Somebody mm-hmm. asked him what he or how he thought the organization kind of like ranked their young players. Yeah. And he said, Amen was like number one. And that okay. the organization is lower on Shingoon than fan than twitter would think and then like they like jabari and they like tari and interesting they don't know what to do with jalen um uh, yeah i think that's really interesting because if that's true you're almost like resetting the timeline mm-hmm. and that's really scary mm-hmm. i mean they're if if that's true they're kind of wasting this season with amen by playing him in the corner, playing him off ball. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, put the ball in his hands. At, at the very least, let him run any unit that, like, Fred Van Vliet isn't in. And yeah. even then, Fred Van Vliet can play off ball. Like, they have to get him more touches. And and that's why I think, like, you you, you have to experiment the rest of the season trying different starting lineups. Like, you've seen what the Jalen Green thing is. It's, it's just being bad. And he's getting worse. He is I do think it was worse. funny that he uh, he told he told Roosh, this is what Roosh said, that uh, he wasn't being used correctly. This is a guy who's just gotten like to do anything he's wanted <laughs> for like seasons now. <laughs> just playing 30 plus minutes a game, just getting to take whatever shots he wants, shooting 41% from the field, 30.7% from three. I just, I just don't get it. It's amazing. Wow. And I bet they don't I do you think they cut bait with him? Like trade him? I mean, do you I mean he's gonna be asking for a contract extension this summer. I know. But if you're Raphael Stone, like are they really gonna keep Stone around if then he like is basically resetting the whole thing? I don't know. I don't think you can reset. I think you have to just lean in. And just like watch it crumple. And that's the other thing. Like if, if Shin Goon, if they did believe in Shin Goon, mm-hmm. which maybe they don't, but if they did believe in him, Amen is like not the, the the type of player you would want playing with him. No, you need a shooter. You would like, I actually have started to really come around on Jabari Smith. And it's not just because he's had two really good games in a row uh, against the Thunder. He's a pretty but good like, player. Yeah. As like a, I know, I know there were times when people thought he was going to be the number one pick, but if you think of him more as like a high level role player, mm-hmm. like maybe the third or fourth best guy on a team, like I can totally see that at this point. Yeah, he could be your Michael Porter Jr. You know, yeah, if you're trying to like recreate the the Nuggets in Houston. Oh, okay, yeah, let's do this. Okay, you know, Jalen Green is not Jamal Murray. I mean, it, they are finding great poor man versions of of these guys. You know they are they are really doing a good job of that, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> They're doing a great job. Yeah, Shengun is about as close as you can get to like a poor man's Jokic. Yeah, that that one they nailed. Yeah, they, they nailed did. That. Yeah, I think Jabari MPJ is pretty close. Jabari is like, I mean, they're about the same. That's they're the kind of the same player. He just doesn't take as many threes. He just needs yeah. to take a little bit more threes. But they haven't found their Jamal yet. Yeah. Um, Jayshon Tate is Christian Brown. Brown? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think uh, that's Tari. Uh, yeah, see, I, I think Tari's better than Christian Brown. He, he has a high, he has a higher ceiling than Christian Brown. He, I don't know. I don't trust Tari. I think Tari has is like crazy. They need tendencies. him so bad. He they do. But, I mean, he does, but they they need him so bad. Yeah. I mean, like if Tari Eason played tonight, like what happens? Like what? What's he doing? Uh, I, I mean, you know, well, one thing is like you don't have to play Dylan Brooks so much because one thing I thought has been interesting. I've been reading some Houston fan comments, yeah, over this past week. 
they're not as thrilled with the Dylan Brooks experience and contract as they once were. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> do, do you remember at the beginning of the season, not just uh, Rockets fans, but majority of the NBA media yeah. was like, hey, maybe they were right. Yeah. This guy uh, that everyone laughed at in the playoffs maybe is worth $20 million a year. He's he's looking great. And he was making all his threes. Hey, and things look good when just, the shots are going in, man. Things look good when the shots are going in. Well, the thing is, it's not just that he's he's regressed there. It's that, like, defensively, like, I mean, you saw tonight. Like, okay, well, he can't stop Shea, which, I mean, a lot of guys can't stop Shea. Yeah. But he didn't even really make it hard on him. So no. at that point, okay. So there's one person he can't guard. And I feel like there's a lot more people that Dylan Brooks can't guard. Yeah, and he just invites just criticism and and invites just chaos into you know wherever he's at to the point where the Memphis Grizzlies said we won't he's not coming back under any circumstances like there are no maybe circumstances were, that he would ever come that we would ever want him back here. Maybe they were onto something. Hey, I'm glad he ended up in Houston. You know he actually is still shooting well. He's shooting. I mean, shooting 40% for the season, but even in his last 18 games, he's shooting 40%. Four for five tonight. Well, maybe he's good, Andrew. Uh, but anyways, Tari, <laughs> someone else you can throw on Shea because clearly it wasn't working with Dylan Brooks and they didn't have really that many options behind him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you hope that Amen can be. Uh, and, and he's had like real defensive flashes. In his yeah, defense. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he'll be a good defender. It's just like, what does the fit even look like? Yeah. Is going to be the struggle. Something that the Thunder don't have to worry about at all because they have just their three best players in place. I mean, it's, it is kind of crazy because they did run their kind of rebuilds in tandem, like side by side. And the Thunder had the advantage of having Shea, obviously, which is clearly a massive advantage. But to come away from those drafts, really just from the one draft with both. J Dub and Chet. I mean, like that. That I mean, they're better than any player on the Rockets roster. Without a doubt. Chet and J Dub. Without a doubt. I would take both of those guys over Shingoon right now. And I think the majority of teams would too. Because Shingoon, as good as he is, absolutely they would. We've talked about it before that like he does kind of box you in in a certain way in terms of how you have to build. And as you're building that, he has to be a certain level of great to make all of that work. Yeah. It's going to be harder for him to like slide back into a secondary role because you're designing so much of the offense around him. Yeah. Whereas think- someone like, e- even if you think Shingun is better than J-Dub right now, like J-Dub is just so easy to plug and play oh, basically yeah. anywhere in the league right now. Yeah. And then Chet is just, I just think he's obviously better, but yeah. And, and, and when it comes down to it, just easier to build the team around either one of those guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, anytime you get a guy who, uh, like Chet, as a rookie, 100 threes, 100 blocks, those are some of my favorite kinds of players. 150 blocks. 150 blocks! Weighs 150 blocks, 150 threes? 55 burgers? 55 fries? (laughs) No, it's, uh, no, I mean, he has 100, he had 100 threes, but 150 blocks. Okay, so he can get to 150, 150. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely could. And you know, if he plays all those games, he probably will. How many threes? He's did also he have? at 154 assists. Is that anything? But 154 assists, 154. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, it's that's something to me. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Um. Cool. All right. It's 1:41 a.m. I gotta go. I gotta go edit this podcast and go home. I gotta go. Um, Thanks so much for listening to our show. Hope you guys are doing great. <clears throat> we have a lot of people listening live here. I don't, I don't know where are you guys at. Let us know where you're at in the chat. Uh, and while you're letting us know, uh, a recommendation, video game recommendation. Mm. Playing a new game on Switch, but it's available on all consoles. I think it's called Bellatro. Yeah. What's what? Tell it's me a, about it. It's it's poker. Yeah. Um, but. It's a roguelike, which I know you don't know what that is, but nope. um, it's a poker roguelike. If that sounds interesting to you, uh, it's go a poker, check it out. A poker roguelike. 
I feel like, yeah, like I feel like run. you're trying to mess with me because you know how tired I am right now. I feel like Bellatro. you're just like you're just like tell you <laughs> you're making up words right now. Uh, we have Isaiah in St. Louis. We have uh, Devin in Los Angeles. We have uh, Albasa in Milano. Wow. Uh, Sal in Canberra. We have uh, T Red from New Zealand. Neil in Spain. Smooth Criminal mm. in Australia. We have T Dot in Miami checking in. Wow. All over the world listening to Down to Dunk. I, I hope McKelly's uh, watching live because I just checked. It's 8.42 a.m. in Italy. Hey, shout out what to What else McKellie. is he doing? We have Grant in Nompton. We have Cortland in Alberta, Canada. Mm. Costa Rica. Singapore. Wow. Wow, is this amazing. only this is like all international down to dunk listeners. Yeah, I, this I is, haven't seen one Edmund. Well Nom Nompton. Is what is is Nompton Edmund? Norman. Norman. Oh, it's Norman. Okay. Don't hey, don't Edmund my Norman. <laughs> don't Edmund my Norman. <laughs> Do people still have that sticker? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I have no idea. Hey, let me know. If any of you have a don't Edmund my Norman bumper stickers, <laughs> let me know. I'll pay top dollar for it. <laughs> Oh man. Uh hope you guys are just having a great day. Uh let's see. Twelve uh twelve count says I'm in Richmond and I'm only up because I have a three month old who won't sleep right now, dude. Oh hell there. yeah. Been there, man. Definitely been there. Malaysia. Wow, Greg cool. Porch is in door. Malaysia. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube right now, just hit the like button. That would be my only request. Hit the like button. And uh, if you are listening to the pod, be sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go check it out. Uh, you guys have an awesome rest of your night or day or whenever you're listening to this. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.